0: Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you
1: were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to The Sex Rap.
0: Hey everybody and welcome back to The Sex Rap and happy Pride Month. Um, how are you doing today? I'm here today with my host, co-host, Spring. How are you, Spring?
1: <laughs> I'm so good, and I'm so excited. It's Pride Month finally. I love Pride. Happy Pride!
0: Happy Pride, everyone. Um, let's see. So, Spring, what is your favorite Pride memory of all of the Prides you've ever been to? I have two. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's a really hard question. I actually prioritize my Pride memories based on my Pride outfits that I get really excited about. So, I'm going to answer the question in my favorite Pride outfit, which is um, a rainbow swimsuit situation thing that I really love that I wore last year to the Pride Parade in New York City. That was amazing.
0: It's pretty much the only way to go to the New York City Pride Parade. I was there one time and it was OMG hot. Yeah,
1: it's always very hot. It's minimal like hot clothing.
0: in terms of Beautiful people in all different <laughs> body types and you're going to die because it smells like urine and it's 100 <laughs> degrees outside.
1: And everybody's very close together, no matter where you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, So both of my favorite Pride memories are from Miami Beach Pride. Fortunately, Miami Beach Pride happens in early April. So (laughs) it's not quite as hot. It's still hot because it's Miami. But um, the first one is where my friend Tiffany Fantasia, if you don't know who she is, she's this really fabulous drag queen. Um, There's a protester, the guy with a sign saying gays are natural, gays go to hell, all of that. The standard kind of gay pride protester. And she just goes up and she reads him up and down, but it's all messages of love and love one another and she, Tiffany still loved him even though he was saying these awful hateful things and then the whole crowd started like shouting that they loved him so it was the coolest counter-protest counter-protest that I've ever oh. seen but it was really that message of pride um the second one is where I accidentally made brunch reservations uh on Miami Beach Pride um parade morning and we got there and everybody had to buy their own bottle of expensive champagne to sit at the table. So it was a very special, very, very expensive pride morning, but it was fun because I sat on the corner of the parade. So it was really neat, but so they both happened in different you years. know
1: that that was a pride morning that time?
0: Well, I made the reservation like six weeks ahead of time. I'm a planner. (laughs) Like I plan everything way in advance. So when I made the reservation, I didn't know it was Pride. And then I got there and I was like, (laughs) okay, hooray. I did not have my Pride swimsuit on for that event though. So I was underdressed.
1: (laughs) Or Um, overdressed perhaps.
0: Oh, well, I don't, I don't know what that is. No. Um, so our question actually is about some of these issues with pride. Um, and, and the question that came in is is being gay unnatural? Right. And it's one of those things that like we see on protester or signs, or you might read in the comment section on YouTube. I recommend never going to the comment sections on YouTube again. Um, but is being gay unnatural? Yeah,
1: I mean comment section on anything ever, but yes. Um, and so we're just gonna answer this question by saying, um, of course, it's supernatural. Like supernatural.
0: Are you calling me yeah, Superman?
1: Like amazingly natural and superpowery amazingness. Of course.
0: I mean, like, how do you define what is natural? So, whenever someone says this to me, um, I have a whole bunch of different kind of arguments lined up, ready to go. So, when this question came to Spring and I, I was like, I am ready to take <laughs> over because um, I'm supernatural. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so. The easiest way to answer this question if someone comes up to you is like, well, what about the 600 plus species in nature that have been documented in gay partnerships or gay sexual behaviors, like same-sex partner, same-sex sexual behaviors with other animals in non-stressed natural environments? So if animals are doing this in nature over long periods of time, you can't get much more natural than animals doing it. We have examples of things like albatrosses, different kinds of ducks and birds who have same-sex relationships that last decades. That's longer than most people, humans' relationships last with anybody.
1: Right. So if people, if the argument is looking at something that's natural and we're saying then... Of course, if we're looking to nature as the main example of natural, then of course, then gay behaviors, gay relationships are natural. Um, But I mean, something that we talk about a lot is language and framing and kind of the way that we're talking about things. And so I think we want to talk a little bit about like what it means to call something natural or unnatural.
0: But before we do that, can I tell you one of my favorite gay animal stories?
1: Um, I am a little worried right now, but okay. I'm going to just good. say yes. Okay,
0: good. I- so um, uh, we will post a, a link to this in the bio of our episode if you want to see it. Um, so one of my favorite uh, story, Not stories. One of my favorite examples of gay animals are penguins. And for some reason, it's mostly chin strap penguins. Um, there's lots of examples in zoos all around the world. Zoos in Europe, zoos in Asia, zoos across the United States. With these little gay penguins, most of the time, it's two male penguins who have a male partner bond. And in many kinds of birds, those bonds are uh, for life, right? So these long-term penguins. Um, so there were these two penguins at the zoo. Um, I think their names were Roy and CeeLo. And they kept trying to hatch eggs or rocks. So they'd build a nest and they'd sit on a rock together pretending. And then finally, what happened a few years later is the zookeepers were like, oh, this is so cute. And then there is a heterosexual penguin couple who'd, who rejected their egg and wouldn't take care of it. So the zookeepers gave it to Roy and CeeLo. And they sat on it and they hatched it and they raised it and they were like the zoo said like the best parents at the zoo are the gay penguins. I think they were probably doing that to get people to come look at the gay penguins at the zoo. Um, but since then, oh, oh, and their kid. Oh, I forgot the kid's name. Well, we'll post the videos. So you can see it. Their kid was a boy and he grew up to be gay too.
1: But that doesn't have anything to do with conditioning. It's
0: natural. <laughs> Right. Like these penguins just... The, the gay other, penguins
1: like, didn't make this un-gay is what I'm trying to say.
0: <gasps> oh, right, right, right. Um, Or we could look at something like bonobos where they just have sex with everything all the time. Like people say that bisexual is a phase or bisexuality isn't real. Bonobos, they resolve all of their conflict by banging and blowjobs with each other regardless of sex. Anyway, so gay penguins, look them up. They're super cute. The stories are super cute. You can probably go to a zoo relatively close to you and see some gay penguins today. New York City zoo has some right now. Um all right. So, uh, what we were were we going to talk about next? Oh, so what does it mean to call something unnatural? <laughs> I have like 10 more examples I want to go over. So if you let's, have questions. Let's
1: stop with the animals. So we know that gay behaviors, gay relationships, bisexual behaviors, bisexual relationships happen in nature. So we're just going to stop talking about the animals and say, yes, of course, it's very natural. But let's talk about some of this language we're using here. So why? Oh wait, can I, before okay, we get to oh, language, can I do one more my example? My hurts. No.
0: No this one? is a human example. Okay.
1: Human. All right. Fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. So do you know what the 2d40 ratio is? No. Oh, okay. So you take your non-dominant hand. So that means if you're right-handed, you, you look at your left hand. If you're left-handed, you look at your right hand. If you're ambidextrous, I don't know what hands you should look at both or neither. Whatever. <laughs> um, so what you do is you compare the length of your pointer finger to your ring finger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we know that fetuses with higher exposure to testosterone so that means like while you're gestating inside of a womb um, if there's more testosterone you have a longer fourth finger uh-huh. So heterosexual men overall have longer fourth fingers than pointer fingers
1: uh-huh.
0: right Heterosexual women typically have longer pointer fingers than their ring fingers uh-huh. Gay men, their hands look much more like heterosexual women's, and lesbians' hands are much more likely to look like heterosexual men. What? So we know that there's some kind of natural biological process that's linked quite strongly to sexual orientations, and we can see it in large populations. Now, this does not mean it's not 100%, it's just a trend. So if you are listening to our show and your 2D-40 ratio does not map on to your sexual orientation, that's fine. It's not 100% predictive, but overall, gay men are more likely to have a second digit, fourth digit ratio, e- like a heterosexual woman and lesbians are more likely to have a 2D, 4D ratio, like a heterosexual So, when woman.
1: Andrew's saying 2D, 4D, he's talking about the second digit and the four digit, fourth digit on your hand. That's why he's saying 2D and 4D. And
0: point to your finger ring
1: finger. And, um, and we're also saying that this is a trend and it doesn't mean anything. So if you look at somebody's hands, you can't tell what their sexual orientation is. Um, although I can look at Andrew's hands and know he's gay. (laughs) Um, my, but if they're very equal, does that mean you're bisexual?
0: Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no 2D: 40 ratio for bisexualism. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but um, for heterosexual women, often they're very equal. That that's all. For lesbians, it, it's more likely that the ring finger is a little bit longer than the mm-hmm. pointer. Finger. Okay, but it's a really cool way to say that. Once again, there's lots of different ways that we can look at this as being like trends in nature, natural development, hormones. And um I think my examples took us all the way to our first break. And we'll talk about what these words mean as soon as we come back.
1: Okay everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to those wonderful messages. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why why do we have to categorize something as natural or unnatural in the first place? And I think that a lot of times when people are asking this question, they're asking if being gay is natural, they're trying to say that it's not natural, right? That's the kind of argument that we're getting from maybe protesters at a pride parade, for example, And when Mm -hmm. people are calling something unnatural, they're trying to say that it's wrong. They're trying to say that it is not something that should be allowed in our society. And so... When we hear a question like this, we we actually get kind of concerned, right? Like we're trying. We always think what's behind a question when we start to answer the questions here on our podcast. And so when we see this question, we get really worried about some of the um, prejudices and some of the stigmas that are behind that question as well. And so we start to think about, okay, why why do we need to categorize this as natural or unnatural? Why do we need to demonize um, behaviors? Why we need to try to other these behaviors and I'm using that word other in quotes like why do we need to like make it as this is something other people do and separate them out from us
0: right you you are different from me like you are not like me you are you are bad you are something other Mm -hmm. yeah I mean so, whenever you see something, whenever you see someone call something unnatural, and we're not talking about like preservatives in your bagel, that's that's a totally different kind of natural. Unnatural. When you're calling a person or a group of people or a behavior that someone's engaging in a natural, you're attacking them, right? It's it's a way to attack a person. And it's kind of like a roundabout way to do it too. Instead of be, you being like, Spring, you're an awful person. You're like, no, this thing about you is unnatural. So, I'm not attacking you. I'm attacking this thing about you. and. In, in reality, you can't just attack a part of a person, right? So it's this really flawed logic. It's an attack on a person. It's attack on a group of people. And if we really start looking at the use of unnatural through history, we see it all the time whenever we have, most of the time it's a majority group that's attacking a minority group. They'll say something about you as a natural. We can talk about, like, look at the uh, Salem witch hunts. They called women unnatural. Um, we can look at... Um, People in mixed race relationships in the 50s, 60s, 70s in the United States, people called those relationships or couplings unnatural. We can look at pretty much any advance in civil rights. Uh, When women started working out of the home, people called that unnatural. When women got the vote, people called that unnatural. I mean, so if we look at the history of groups calling something unnatural, most of the time it's because there's some level of fear or some level of kind of prejudice or superiority built into that claim
1: or or threatened to somebody else's superiority, right? So people that have the upper hand in some way and then feel threatened that that might be taken away. So that's what we're seeing, this um, element of people who are the majority in some sense feeling some sense of power and being threatened by any other group.
0: Right. I mean, right. There's only one group where everything is natural, or power is natural, right? <laughs> no, like White me. Statement? Oh, wait, nope, sorry. No, dang it. No, because that's natural. Um, so I think that it, we, we talk about language quite a bit on our show, and I think this is another time where we have to kind of take a step back as soon as someone says something is unnatural. And and most of the time, we're going to see that it is a logical fallacy that you're using to try to attack them without any real argument, right? Because there's nothing unnatural about being gay or bisexual or engaging in gay, bisexual, lesbian behaviors or being transgender or any of the various things that Pride Month is about.
1: And so that's why Pride Month is so important. And we've had a whole episode talking about why do we celebrate Pride. And It is so important for us to celebrate our differences. It is so important for us to celebrate our similarities. And I think that that's something that we're really doing with Pride. We're looking at, you know, how everybody is the same. Every person deserves all the rights that are available to them. And also, we're looking at, you know, the differences and what makes us beautiful. And that's why we have that rainbow in the Pride, like celebrating all of these different aspects of um, the LGBTQIA++++ spectrum.
0: <laughs> oh, so, I mean, and I think that we're at a really pivotal point. Um, so, if you're a listener in the United States, we're actually sort of taking steps backwards when it comes to protecting gay rights and protecting that rainbow. Um, we see All kinds of laws going forward that work to strip basic human rights from LGBT people. Um, In most of the United States, uh, it's legal to fire somebody because they're gay. It's legal to uh, fire. Did I say fire? It's legal to kick someone out of uh, of their apartment or not hire to them because they're lesbian. It's legal to not give someone a loan for a home or a car because they're bisexual. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues that we have in the United States right now. It's kind of pivotal for us to be taking a focus and saying that that we need to be celebrating diversity and celebrating equality rather than being afraid of it and calling something unnatural. I, I mean, at the end of the day, is because you're afraid of some kind of change. You're afraid of losing power. You're afraid that or you're afraid because you've been taught your whole life to be afraid. Um, and I mean, it's a really sad kind of place to be in right now if you're in the United States to watch those rights start to erode. And they're not only eroding for queer people, gay people, they're also eroding for women. We'll have an episode coming up soon talking about more of that. Um, but we should talk about some good news too. Um, so while right, rights right now are sort of in question or in peril in the United States, which makes pride even more important around the world, we're seeing all kinds of great advancements for gay people. Um just a couple of weeks ago the very first country uh in Southeast Asia uh passed gay marriage. Was, do you know do you remember which one of us?
1: Um, we posted about it. <laughs> we did. It
0: was So go Taiwan. Um, All of a sudden, there's gay marriage in one country in Southeast Asia. And what will probably happen is the same thing that happened in South America. Not too long ago, there were no countries in South America that had gay rights, gay protections, gay marriage. And then all of a sudden, there was a firestorm and almost every single country in South America now has gay rights, right? If we look at Western Europe, the same thing kind of happened. Um, It started sort of slow in the 90s. And then like a firestorm, those rights took off. And what we see is that when we expand civil Rights to groups of people, whether it was to women or to uh, minorities or people of color or for gays, that society gets better and society is improved, right? The parts of the world that we want to live in the best. Sparklingest, most awesome parts of the world with the best education and best everything are places that say we need a rainbow, and that rainbow is important because that rainbow builds better worlds, better ideas, better happier people, and we actually see when, that. So, I mean, this what is we're also talking about uh, is
1: building this like better place as when people can fully be themselves because people are all parts of the rainbow spectrum, no matter what, whether there are rights, whether it is allowed, whether, because we, we've talked about this, it's natural. So people exist in these spaces all over the world. And it is important to recognize that these people exist and to give them rights because that is how they can thrive and how they can really be themselves and really shine and really, um, do all of the things they were meant to do in this world and so we have to support everybody so that we can have an amazing world that is not only full of love but full of people who are doing amazing things and it is it is so important to support each and every person so that we have this world that will solve the problems that will solve all of the things that need to be solved right now so that our world can keep existing and that these people exist to do, to like, to have these ideas, to create these changes. And if we can support everybody in a meaningful way, then we all thrive together.
0: Happy Pride. All right. Do we have anything else that we need to get through to gay? So is gay unnatural? It's the opposite. Gay is as natural as natural can be. That that is the answer. Um, And I I mean, if you want, you can send me a message. I'll give you a hundred more examples. I could shout from the the mountaintops, like these are the thousand different ways. There are genetics, there are hormones, there's nature. There's something interesting today.
1: The answer to our question today wasn't communication.
0: That's weird. (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> that is weird. Okay, well, communicate yeah. to the next person who says it. Like, hold up, Andrew and Spring told me it is. Ooh. Let me see your two D forty. Two D forty
1: sounds yeah. a little right. sexier than it is.
0: <laughs> show, me, show me your show pointer finger and index finger 40. ratio. Hey, okay.
1: it's a good pickup line.
0: Okay, uh, well, that's a. I mean, I, what? Okay. Um, so our big shout out today is for Pride Month. Um, we're going to be having a contest. It'll be starting next week where you can win condoms, gift cards, and more. Um, we're going to be asking you to post your best pride picks and tagging us. Um, so we'll be thinking of you. We want you to be thinking of us. And we want us all to have a really great Pride Month. Um, if you have any questions or you want to follow up with anything about the show, feel free to contact us. Uh, our email address is thesexrap at gmail.com. You can call us at 413irapit. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Sexrap. So make sure you're following us. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Happy Pride.
1: For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school,
0: or just too. Af- blah, 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 blah. Music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Pod Glomerate. A Sonic Universe.